2: Sissoko, finally waited. Erickson low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez,
0: Lucas Mora. And belted into the lip. brilliant goal. On debut, Tongue Ongombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Mora
2: clips it. Oh, great goal! Steven Bergman! Has arrived
0: in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Aurier!
1: What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First hand hit Kane. Good area for Spurs. A case not
2: afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal. Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Is will try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot. And with good reason. Terry in the early back line. Min Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Min Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his
0: Evening people. Welcome back to... Uh, or afternoon or morning whenever it is you're listening to this um once the audio is out but for those who are watching welcome back to another episode of the um sorry guys there's some background i'm I'm sorry so um welcome back to the podcast uh the new Spurs of the podcast um i'm on hosting duties this week tapping tobes um i'm joined by teacher yo 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 how you doing bro
2: i'm good my bro man I'm good. I'm good. Feels good to be back, fam. Took my you annual hiatus.
0: You sure it feels good? I don't think it does. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you know. You know, I'm
2: forever the optimist, did it? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and start on a positive. But yeah, yeah so, well, it's you know, it feels it feels normal. Let me put it that way. Unfortunately, it feels normal.
0: Okay, fair, fair, fair. And then um, for those who, who who are listening from the jump, um, we've got we've got a guest with us today. Um, as you can tell from his noisy background, no, noisy background earlier on, he's changed location now. Sam,
1: <laughs> how you doing, bro? Thanks for Yeah, I'm good, thanks. No worries at all. Sorry about that. I was my brother watching some Adam Sandler film in the background. So I've <laughs> nah, moved to another room now. He won't get copyrighted, hopefully. <laughs> no, nah, nothing wrong with a bit Adam
0: Sandler, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, guys, listen, we're here for one thing only, and that's to talk Spurs. It's been a really, really indifferent period for us, man. We go from highs to lows to highs to lows. Like it's, let's be ruled. It's been a poor 2022 so far for Spurs. Like we've, the bad has massively, the bad has massively, <clears throat> the bad has massively um, overpowered the good. And there's no better place to start than the most recent uh, FA Cup exit at the hands of Middlesbrough. Um mm-hmm. Before we listen, before we had to get to specifics, was anybody shocked in the slightest that Spurs lost that tie?
2: I was, I was definitely shocked. But the reason why I realised I was shocked is because I didn't watch them against Man United. If I had watched them and seen the level that they're able to set, then I would have felt differently. I just, I just, I just made the rookie mistake of hearing the name on paper and thinking, yeah, we're through. But yeah,
0: but you, but you know what you say, rookie mistake. But don't you think? <laughs> Don't you think it's scary that, like, <laughs> like, we shouldn't be? Don't you think it's scary that we we can't look at games like Middlesbrough, yeah. and say that that should be a win? Because I'm with you. Like, I definitely expected Spurs to win, but at the same time, I'm not shocked that Spurs have lost. Yeah. I don't know what 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 was your what was your opinion of, of that of that game? Like going into it.
1: Yeah, before the game, I thought, like you said, expected to win. But I also had in my mind it, it's it's on the cards that we could also potentially get knocked out on this. And fortunately, what I didn't want to happen was proven. Um, Middlesbrough are on an absolute, like they're on an absolute journey in the FA Cup. The smaller teams with the less paid players play their heart out and take this competition more seriously. I saw it the other day with a non-league side taking on Everton, uh, Boreham Wood that was. So I just think that it's the inconsistency and the sheer arrogance of laid back performances that really punished us.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to sort of jump jump into things here as well. And You know what, let me look, how, how, how rude of me, before we actually get into specifics, just some, some minor housekeeping as well. Um, for those who are watching or listening, make sure you're subscribed to... Um, us across all platforms, um, we're active on Twitter, Newspers order one word, we're active on uh, Instagram again, Newspers order one word. Make sure you're following all the touchline socials. And then, of course, for those who actually are interested in a little five-a-side football, we've also got the touchline fives, which is an ongoing thing. So that's um, it's scheduled on Sundays, it's not every Sunday you'll play, but um, maybe once every sort of four or five weeks. Uh, you you if you're interested you would basically come on board and represent um represent the the Tottenham pod and you'd play up against some of the other brother pods i, I, I for one i'm itching for revenge because listen let me not talk about the, the result that we that we we had the other week against the touchy Goonies, but listen. Talk about need... it, talk about nah, it. No, no, no. Terrible, terrible. But we need listen, we need support. We need support. Yeah, we need support. We need more bodies. We need more quality as well. So the man them, did the best they could. I played, I did the best I could, but I'm not a bowler. So yeah. we need the bowlers. So if you're if you're a Spurs fan, if you're a listener and you like this pod and you also support Tottenham as well drop us a DM on Instagram, drop us a DM on Twitter and and register your interest. And with with that said, let's get back into specifics. Now, guys, we have to jump back and forth because to understand the madness of Spurs is to actually talk about how, how crazy they can be in different matches. Now, after the Leeds game, did you did, did anyone think any different of the team? Like, did you did you come out of that lead game thinking you've learned something new about this team? Or was it more a case of leads being leads?
2: Um because it was a relatively high scoring game and we ended it with a clean sheet. I'm not gonna lie, I did come out of there and think, okay, maybe something's clicked. Maybe. Conte's gone in the dressing room, really giving them a hard time, and they thought, fuck it, we're getting our act together right here, right now. Because it's not it's not normal for Spurs to keep a clean sheet, and it's not normal for Spurs to score that many goals. Um, but that being said, even through the game, there were still frailties. You could see Leeds could get through, Leeds could punish us, and had they had been a bit more lucky or a bit more tidy in the final third, we, we would have conceded. Um, but one thing I do do give Tottenham credit for off the back of that game is Leeds are set up to go forward, they don't they don't tend to do it very well, but they're gonna test you out. At no stage of the game are they gonna say, all right, let's let's have everyone drop back. So for us to get through that game 90 minutes odd and, and still get through it with a clean sheet, I thought was some development.
0: See I think different, and the reason. <laughs> The reason why I asked is because, again, I just want to, I want to, I want to use it as a sort of ongoing comparison to yeah. to Middlesbrough because Leeds, let's face it, a lot of their squad championship level, but they overachieved last year in the Premier League and they've been struggling this season. But you would say that Leeds are a better outfit than than, than Middlesbrough. You would, but you would exactly. So why did Spurs struggle so 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 hard? You'd ask yourself, but. For me, I'm looking at it as, as, as this. Like like you said, Leeds, they only play one way. They're quite open. They give you a lot of space in behind. And their one-to-one approach means that they're often pairing people with with players on our side that are just going to get the beating of, of that Leeds opponent time and time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of made it a lot easier for our players to play. And what I think has become apparent, especially over the last two, three years, is we have a lot of players that struggle to play when teams actually put a reasonable amount of organization and bodies behind the ball Mm. what do you think and i'm not saying that's how middlesbrough played but i just think that against sides who have some sort of discipline whether that's putting putting men behind the ball or whether that's a positive way of playing and putting pressure on our central midfielders especially i think we struggle i really think we struggle i think we we have a team that can't really play under pressure man Mm. i don't know i want you to give your take here like what 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 comparisons can you draw between the two fixtures
1: um i might have to chuck in another fixture to in support for my argument but i think end of the day them good or bad mentality will shape the overall performance of how this team did and why the result was the result uh the extra per the extra match that i want to chuck in is the man city one because my, uh player for player every single player did their bit they did their job even emerson emerson um was blocking shots if you Chicken can write off us, we just just FYI, Sam, we call him Chicken Royale on this platform. So. <laughs> yeah, we don't
0: use his name, so just just, just a thing to note. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha.
1: Um, but yeah, every player was doing their bit. That's because it was against Man City, the champions of England. Yeah. Clearly, the players didn't want to get humiliated. They wanted to try and prevent anything like that from happening and even, even just give it a go to catch them on the counter-attack. You fast forward and then you play Burnley. The the mood and the mentality and the standards to the bar just dropped like that. And then we give away a goal through just careless defending for a set piece, how Ben Mee got the goal. And then obviously with then Leeds, right, we want to respond to that defeat. How are we going to do that? Well, Leeds are a very attacking side, but they're too open defensively. Wingbacks even gave it a go. And one of them ended up scoring, uh, Doherty. Does he have a nickname or not?
0: He does. We call him number two or
1: Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a lot of revising to do. Um, <laughs> my point is, is that um, I think that if these players were just consistent with how they want to perform in these games, we'd be seeing a lot more different results. But the fact is, is that you just see it in the body language of how much they want to try and get a win, out of this and how they don't Middlesbrough I mean I'm sorry you start a strong t- you start a strong team and that didn't even feel like a strong team that started you know so I just think for me the main issue is the mentality and the attitude
0: yeah I think um so let's 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 actually look at let's actually look at the team that that, that played them because Kane started both games, Sun started both games, Hojbjerg started both games, Winks started both games. Every single player that played against Leeds, the point I'm making is they all started against Middlesbrough. Um, Make no mistake, Spurs should be beating Middlesbrough. No matter how poor our team is, Spurs should be beating Middlesbrough. So before we actually speak individually on the players... um, I think it's time that we do shine a little bit of a spotlight on, on our manager because, listen, I, I love Antonio Conte and I'm sure you guys love Antonio Conte. But um, against Leeds, we praised the sort of tactical tweak we saw where he had the, the wing-backs playing more aggressive and sort of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Capitalising on Leeds' sort of careless, careless approach, which we've seen a lot of sides in the Premier League. But... I don't know about you, man, but I felt I felt uneasy. I felt I felt nasty. I wanted to vomit when I saw Spurs playing for the counter against Middlesbrough, man. That really, really, really irked me. I don't know. I, I just can't shake it out of my head. And I think that was a significant part of, of our struggles um on, on on Tuesday. I don't know. Teacher, what, yeah. what would you think on his tactics?
2: Yeah, bro. You know what? I'll agree with that. I would agree with that. It feels as though the way he's shaping us is to play in one way, and that will be beneficial when you're playing the teams that are you're just not going to beat on the ball. You know your Man city your Liverpool's, your teams that are well organised, pass it around well, and have real technicians in the middle of the park. Like I get why you want to play on the break. I get why you want to play on the counter. You know, with those sorts of sides. But when you're going down the level, you really need to be bossing the game and hitting them hard early to try and demoralise the teams. They they they. They look at themselves and say, hold on, we're in a Premier League game here. Do you know what I mean? I just felt like we didn't go hard enough early on against Middlesbrough to try and stamp our stamp our approval, stamp our dominance on the game. Do you know what I'm saying? It was just it was just very lackluster. Um, they were passing it around just as good as us at times. Um, you know, I thought Middlesbrough, if if they had someone in the final third who was a little bit more creative or a bit more quality, you know, a Son, a mora, a Hurricane, a version any one of those players, then we would have been in a lot of trouble because they were passing it around really well. And we re- obviously, like, we're going to have moments in that game where we're getting the better of them. It? That, that goes without saying that we need to. But for us not to be clinical in those moments against a team who's not used to playing at the levels that we're playing at, not training the way we're training, not being paid what we're paid. And I know no money's not got to do with it, but at the same time, do you know what I'm saying? They've not got the resources that we've been invested into this thing to to not be to not to not be beating them at, at a stage where we're we we're, we're dominating the ball. So it was just disappointing that we couldn't be clinical when it mattered most, and we paid for it in the end.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, you've hit the nail on the head. And Sam, um, just f- focusing more on Antonio Conte now. Antonio, Antonio, Antonio's as as we sing, we're going to be singing the same songs on on, on Monday. But bro. I think in this specific instance, um, are you singing from the same hymn sheet as me and teacher where you feel like he had a huge level of accountability to take for, for, for that result? Do you um, think better?
1: Well, I, yeah, th- there, is, there is some accountability granted. He can tactically make a few errors here and there. Um, I said that after the Southampton game when we lost. I think taking off, if it was Hoibier, I think it was. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like those are the sorts of errors. Yeah, he'll be accountable for that. But end of the day, if he's going to make an error, he's going to make an error, and I'm not going to hold him too high for that because this isn't the team that Conte got together. This is the team Conte walked into and agreed to take on, and. I just, I just feel for him a lot because, you know, what what can he do to work out options and and um, fallback plans if something doesn't go? Because that's that's where the problem for me lies a lot. As I said earlier, the mentality and the squad overall. Um, It's just, uh, it's just be a shame to see Conte, you know, have to walk. If that's the decision he wants to take, the decision that we all fear, because another manager walks out of this club, but the players get to stay and carry on playing for the team. Yeah, so so fair enough with
0: Antonio Conte, yeah, and and I think I think I think we're all agreed here. Like he can be culpable for for one game, two games here, but yeah, I think I think anyone looking at this this current situation objectively. You'd be naive to think that um, Antonio Conte is, is is Antonio Conte is the one that's gonna um, that's gonna come fix all of this without suitable backing or without a change in personnel. Um, yeah. But moving off Conte now and actually talking about this personnel, this goddamn personnel, I'm tired. I'm tired of I'm tired of us having to talk about the same things over and over and over and over again. But yet we have to talk about it every week because these guys are just not good enough. Like, you know what's, you know what's mad, yeah? You know what's mad, yeah? I think <laughs> <laughs> the whole fan base breathed a huge sigh of relief when we signed Endombele and um, and Le Celso because that was basically the beginning of the end of Wink Soko. Or so yeah. we thought. We all thought, yep. Get getting some starters, yeah. relegates, makes Sissoko and Winks squad players and stuff like that. Sissoko left last summer. Harry Winks is still here. And now, it's like, it's like Winks Soko has been upgraded by Winksbjerg or whatever you want to call it, or, hmm. or, or, or Hoinks, Hoinks, hoi, hoi, so or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Winksbjerg, yeah, I think Winksbjerg is better. <laughs> it
2: always got a better ring to it.
0: It's just, like, Watching them to play against midfielders who are athletic and pass um, and take risk with the ball, they're, they're just strugglers. They're just oh, yeah. strugglers.
2: Yeah, no, I'd I agree with you, bro. And, and the thing is, with, with, with the two of them, yeah. And and you know what? I'm not going to go too hard on Hoyberg, because I, I do think he's adding more to his game in terms of being creative with his passes. I think he's, he has developed um, under Conte. What I will say is there's just not a creative bond between the two of them, man. Like they're passing it side to side. They, they do it, you know what, they do it. In terms of like doing the basics right, I will give them that, I will give them that. But when we're in games where we need to be dominant, we need to be passing the ball, breaking the lines, rather than just going through the channels, we need players that can spot a pass, ping it, play it, take the ball under pressure, turn, beat somebody, and, and 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 lay it off. And I just feel like we're not getting that from Winks, and we've known that for a very long time. Um, we thought we had a replacement in names that you mentioned, Umunbuli, Lascelles, soul None of them really came good. They had little spits where, for moments, they looked exciting. Um, so you do have to start pointing questions at the at the back office staff to start asking about what the recruitment strategy looks like because. We need someone that's tried and tested at the highest level to come on board, and we need basically we need players that are going to elevate us. and, and our, our strategy so far has been to take chances, and it's just not fair on the fans to have to be spending hearing about all this money getting spent on players that will be here for a season and be out on loan the next.
0: Um, yeah. yeah, man, it's just sad. I think I think you know what I think a perfect a perfect analogy for Hoyer now is like. um you see, like nowadays, the the, the the thing on Twitter is the buzz, the sort of the buzz job on Twitter is, oh, do you work in tech? Do you work in tech? Oh, you don't need qualifications to do this. Or you don't need qualifications to do that. What we're asking Hobiya to do now is the equivalent of like a guy with a um, a guy with a sociology degree, yeah. And we're <laughs> asking <laughs> literally. Well, well, I was, don't know what you're there with this one still. <laughs> Well, we're, we're asking, and no offense to people who have sociology degrees, but it's like we're asking a guy with like a sociology or business studies degree to be a flipping Java programmer. It's not gonna work. <laughs> it ain't gonna work. Like, he, just, he, he, he can try and read up on the code. He can try and have it have it, have his best stab at it. But ultimately, he's not gonna be able to write code effectively. And that's the way I see it on the football pitch now with with Spurs. I think what I really like about Hoibier when he Played well for Spurs was that he was doing the defensive work to a good standard and his use of the ball was way better. Now, when we have when we basically made when we've put more emphasis on his ball playing. So now you actually have to have more of the ball. You have to pick up the ball in central areas and you have to progress with it more. He's been shown that he just doesn't have the capability to do that. I don't know, man. I think it's it's just a really it's a really, really bad partnership and we're now in a precarious situation this season, where all it takes is just one injury. It just takes one injury in our midfield, and we're bang, we're back. Winks to Winksbyog. It's
1: mental,
0: mm. it's mental but- to me, Sam. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this as well because it's not just the midfield. We'll talk about Sun. We'll talk about the, the rest, but right now, the midfield for me—like, how high up do you rank it in terms of the, the
1: current issues of our team? Um, it's, it's definitely in one of the, it's definitely one of the important departments that we need to fix up a bit. Um, Hojbjerg, I mean, look, um, I don't, I, I do like Hojbjerg and I feel he does have something to offer at Spurs, but it can't be that one only thing that he's good at because that's not going to get him through 90 minutes of football. You know, I see, I see Hojbjerg as like a really good interceptor, you know, and someone who can. Uh, physically uh cut down the play
0: but do you when go, you th- want to yeah exactly but this this is what I was going to say but even these things very rarely this season have we seen him actually offer us consistent protection and it it's painful that I have to say these things because anyone who listens to this pod knows how much of a big fan I am of Hoybia, but he's just been terrible this season he he really has he yeah, really he has yeah. do do
2: you, do you put it down to the fact that he's he's been as you rightly said, like there's pressure on him now to evolve his game. Like we can't rely on him to solely be that that individual that breaks down play. And you know what it was? He was playing at the skip for a while as well. And I think that took some of the responsibility away from him to try and play more progressively, where Skip would tidy up a bit more defensively. So yeah. I think cutting and changing his job and his role is is not helped him at all. Um, he's, he's trying to become more well-rounded and it, it's going to take time, but we need someone to do that job. We don't need someone who's pretty decent at doing a different job to then try and adapt their game and, and become this this creative midfielder when, when that's not their role. And, and that's fair play. It doesn't need to be his role as long as there's somebody who's got that role. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one, but I don't, I don't like putting too much shade on Hojbjerg because I do think he does a good job for us. Um, but I just think he, he he the the roles he's needed to change the roles he's needed to do just keep changing, uh, and that's because we don't have the depth in the midfield to be creative. Mm,
0: yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I think. Uh, listen. I. I used to. I don't know where I stand before being. I think I. I won't lose. I won't lose sleep if. if uh, <laughs> To, to get rid of him, I'll be real. I'll be real with you because I, I can't take these performances anymore. I just can't. There's only so much... There's only so much you can take, man. There's only so much I, I can I can put up with. And the same goes for Harry Winks, even more so. Um, this guy, man, he'll give you one or two good performances, whether it's in a three or in a two, to make you think, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe you you might give us give something on the content and he just gives you like heaps of shit performances after that man i don't know when 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 is the penny gonna drop for for players like harry winks and our team or or better yet the people the powers that be at this club that like these guys are just not fit for purpose
1: i don't know So so winks it's just someone that needed to go when as soon as we discovered that there was just like something that wasn't good enough for him to fit for this team it it irritates me a lot as well when I just see winks pass the ball sideways. In when it looks like it's the build-up of a counter-attack, mm. I just, I, ju- I just can't deal with it. I really can't. And when the when that lot higher up would figure it out, I don't know, man. I don't. Know. I doubt they even care, to be honest. As long as they've got someone <laughs> to f- put be put in that position, that's that's all we're gonna see from it. Who, who would bid and how much for Harry Winks? I, I don't even know.
0: So, even beyond the midfield as well, like, the wingbacks, the wingbacks are a big problem as well. And I think this is where a lot of people like try to give Antonio Conte criticism. They, they're they saying things like, um, they're saying things like how he he should basically, he shouldn't make, um, he shouldn't place an emphasis on the wingbacks. Like, they're not good enough, so stop playing them. But like, when you look at our team, if he doesn't play Emerson, he has to play Doherty. If he doesn't play um, Regulon, he has to play Sessignon. Mm. So these options are not sounding great. And I'm including Regulon in that, even though he's easily the best of the lot. But you've got Regulon, who's the best of the lot, but isn't mm. in his own right, like a, a bona fide, like good player right now. You've got way down below, then you've got Chicken Royale, number two. And Sesignon, or yeah. as as you likes to call, call him, Ryan Suss. So, if you're in Antonio Conte's shoes, like what can you do with these options?
1: Pe- pressure the board to get some players in. I mean, I I see a tier one source saying Conte will be backed, but I don't. This is the thing, like, what is the definition of backed anymore? Because I've seen fans say, like, oh, you can't have a go at Levy anymore. He was backed in January. Like, what? Losing three players and putting two, and then we're just weaker as a side. We just happen to have two players that show a great potential. that That's all Conte can do, because as far as it goes, you know, this is a dictatorship, the Levy and Lewis dictatorship, partnership, whatever you want to call it. So,
0: yeah, it's... the the ownership is a big issue it's a big issue and i think i think that's where you see antonio conte sort of inconsistent inconsistent sort of um interview styles Mm. one week he's praising the team next week he's criticizing the team but i think for me personally our manager is a reflection of sorry one second just charging our manager is a reflection of our club that's the way i see it the manager is a reflection of what of what he sees on the football pitch. And um for me, I see a topsy-turvy side. I see a side who, who look like they want to be world beaters against one of the worst sides in the Premier League. And then I see them go to a championship side and barely struggle to, to, to create until, until we're, we're, our backs are against the wall. And even then we, we go out and lose. Look yeah. at the bums that we've lost to over the years. Like the guys, Deep this, deep the teams we've lost to over the years. Losing to Middlesbrough away without without even scoring a goal. Mm. Losing to Pacos de Ferreira this season without scoring a goal. Losing to Fitz this season without scoring a goal. Losing to getting hammered 3-0 by Zagreb last year in the away leg without scoring a goal. Losing to Norwich in the FA Cup um two years ago. Like there's just so many, so many poor sides that we we constantly Embarrass ourselves with like I'm not sure. Did any of you lot like, see the, the Roy Keane interview?
1: Um, yeah. The, was it wait? Was it um the ITV when he had uh, his little rants like he normally does that one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw it. I mean, I'll let I'll let um teacher to her speak on that one. I haven't seen the interview, you know, bro. Oh, you I haven't, haven't I've know, seen it? Like, yeah, no, no, no. I just, I just thought What's it's been? typical Roy. Just I mean, look, he's. I guess he's not wrong, but I just I prefer to hear it from someone that doesn't always have to have something to say by slagging off Tottenham. If you know what I mean. But, you yeah. say this,
0: man, but like, what has he said there? That's that's
1: sorry. What's he said? That's not accurate. No, I'm not. I'm not saying I disagree with him. I'm saying like, yeah. Yeah, it's just I'm. I'm just like putting a tongue-in-cheek comment, really. That, oh, yeah, of course, Roy Keane's going to be chatting about that about us um, as a club. That's his. That's his vibe, though. Anyway, like
2: Keane, I haven't seen the interview, but he makes a living of of being the the Simon Cow of the panel. Do you know what I'm saying? He, he wants mm. to be the, the critique all the time. So you, you take what he says with a with a, a pinch of salt. What did he say? Anything specific that was a, a total violation? It, just,
0: it wasn't even. It wasn't even the interview. It was. It was after. It was basically pre match before the Liverpool Norwich FA Cup time. they were just discussing the Spurs result from the day before. Yeah. And you said, "Yeah, like typical Tottenham, they're flaky, yeah. um, he's cold."
2: Not wrong, though. He's
0: not cold wrong. Yeah, he's, he's right. wrong. This,
2: this, look at the names that you ruled off. He's not wrong. There is something fundamentally wrong when it becomes those those competitive competition games where it's win or done. We, I don't, I just never feel confident going into them, and. I know the cliche is, oh, we don't have any winners or people experience of leading, but I'm, come on, man. We've got Conte. He's a serial winner. He wins every single year in every single league that he's in for every team that he manages. Um, barring that one occasion where he got to the Champions League final or Europa League final, whatever it was. So you can't just blame it on us not having a winning mentality when the manager's the person that coaches that into us. Right. So, yeah, my like it's a recruitment issue it is obviously a a confidence issue. Maybe we just don't have people with the right character to, do you know what I'm saying? Bring the people together and say, look, we're pulling through here. These last five minutes, everyone's giving it 150%. So I don't know, man. Maybe we give up too early. It's, 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 the the embarrassing bit is the names because anyone can lose a game and I'm with you, but it's the consistency and the level of opposition that we lose against time and time again. Um, It's just got a familiar feeling to it. We haven't won a, Won anything in fourteen years notable, so it just it just goes it just said it just speaks for itself, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, it does. It really does. And um, I think we don't want to make this a ranting session, even though they, they deserve <laughs> that. We just want to. I want. I like that. I like the productive chat. I like the banter. I like. I like all of that. It's just I'm tired of speaking about this bag of rebels team, man. It's ridiculous. They're they're. Yeah. They're the most consistently inconsistent team ever. It's mental. It's mm. absolutely mental how crazy they are. You don't know what you're going to get week to week. You just know you're going to be disappointed. Mm. Mm. It's ridiculous. Mm. It's absolutely ridiculous. But, um, yeah. What more can we say on Chicken Royale? What more can we say on, on number two? What more can we say on Ryan Suss? What more can we say on Winks, Hoybier, all of these, man? I think a spotlight has been shone on one of our attackers in fact, both of the attackers because let's be real we had a we had a really really off color um night offensively mm. and son was one who came under criticism now yeah. where do you guys stand on son this season like because statistically he's our top scorer in the league our top assistor in the league in 20 I think it's like 22, 23 appearances he's got 10 goals 5 assists so this guy is still averaging near enough 2 and 3 in terms of goal goal or assist um, per game and yeah like with Sun where where do you stand on these performances this season because I don't know about you but the stats are there but the performances are really low and I think they've been low for quite a while and then looking at the Middlesbrough game, it's like that was a culmination of weeks and weeks and weeks of bad performances, literally just bundled into one. Because that was a stinker, rubbish, rubbish performance from Son.
2: Mm. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll comment on that quickly. And do you know what I feel about Son? Yeah. I feel like when a team plays well, Sonny can play really, really well. But I don't necessarily think that Son is going to be our talisman, our individual that's going to bring us out from the dirt. That's, if I'm being honest, that's Harry Kane's job. Harry Kane needs to get some playing. And when Harry Kane's not playing well, I think it's even harder for Son to play well. They, they probably both impact each other in that way. Um, you know, you, you mentioned already, he's our, he's our best goal scorer, um, and you know, sort of our, our leading creative player. So you give him his kudos for that, but when you give him the eye test at the same time, like... You're not seeing him beat people in the same way that we're used to him beating people. You're not seeing him, you know, play find a find a creative magic pass out of nowhere what we're used to seeing. You're not seeing him run down that wing and and slot a ball in for, for one of the forward players to to and finish off. So elements to his games have changed. I'm not sure if that's because the system is different under Conte and perhaps he needs to play more through the middle as opposed to playing wider. Um but yeah, man, he's not been at his normal standard. But my, my last comment on that would be, I do feel as though the whole team's not been at a normal standard. For him to be able to flourish, he needs service, he needs support around him, um, which he can sometimes get when Harry Kane's playing, hence the the prolific duo numbers. Um, but yeah, man, if the, the whole team's not up for it, then Son is just not up for it.
0: Yeah. Nah, I think I think I agree with a lot of what you said, but there's one thing you said that I don't think I agree with, you know, and I think that's him not being a talisman for Spurs. Because I think he has been, he's definitely for me, he's been quite talismanic for Spurs. I think when you look at when you look at our attack over the past couple mm-hmm. of years, like we have relied on Sun heavily and he has built Spurs out in a lot of games, big, big games and small games. And I think for me. That's where I would give him sort of the talisman stripes. But what I do agree with is I think this season he's not looked himself. Yeah. In terms of general play. Like he just look at times I watch him play and in, in these games, he may end up scoring, but he just looks a bit lost. He looks lost at sea. I think where we where we try and play him sort of infield and involve him more in the build-up, I think he struggles. He struggles. Um, I don't know, Sam. Um what what's your general perception on son of son this season?
1: I think that people get incredibly annoyed at son and on occasion at Kane because those are the only two players that can literally win us games in terms of goal contributions. As when you're running a team or when you're part of a team, it's like it's like you're the only person that does the work, and of course you're going to have your bad days and when you don't do your work you're going to get the whole brunt of it it's not i, th- I think that you know into the, the day we've had we we see other teams where you know one player's not really showing up there's always someone in that starting 11 that can you know try and chuck in a contribution but with us it's just literally on an off occasion you'll see players with the exception of kane and son make an assist or a goal or pretty much nothing and I just think it's I just think it's a little it's a little bit on unf- like look I'm not I'm not going to shield it away yeah Son can go missing and can sometimes put in a bad performance but what more can be done when he's literally one of the only two players in this team that scores the goals or makes the assists from happening so I, that's yeah. what I think of it
0: and I think that's the problem, isn't it? Then, because when he is, Son is allowed to have poor games. Like, let's let's be real. Like, games like Middlesbrough. However, they're not they're not on. I I think a player of his standard, simply, you just can't play like that. But Son is allowed to have, Son is allowed to have like one or two games, maybe even more, where he doesn't play well. But I think the bigger issue is who's are who's who's our, who's the replacement. When he's playing poorly, who do we have that can come off that bench and adequately fill his boots? It's nobody. We're asking what Bergvain. We're asking I Lu- Lucas. I think it's Lucas. I think it's Lucas. I think
2: it's Lucas. I think it's Lucas. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's Lucas. man. truthfully, because what Lucas does for me yeah, is in games where we've just got nothing going forward, we've got no intensity. He brings that, bro. He brings that, and I think that movement just throws people off. And because he's so random at times, like it's hard to defend against that. And it gets other people moving around him. I would never, I would never play Lucas Mora over Humming Song. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is, as far as boom, Humming Song's not playing well. I think that we don't need to ride out 90 minutes with Humming Song. I don't think. I know you mentioned he's a talisman for Spurs at times, but for me. When Son go missing in games, yeah, like he's not like Harry. You, you don't. I don't expect him to pop up and give us a goal. I think for Scott to score goals, he's got to be playing well. And 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 I don't know. I don't know. I can't really think of many examples that that discredit that. But
0: I, I can, you know, because there's there's, there's 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 bare games this season where he scored and he's not played well at all. There's bare. There's so many games this season he's he scored in my opinion and he's he's not played well. Like I look at Liverpool when we drew two two, like Son was. Son was poor for me. He didn't play well that game. And he obviously he went on to score the, the goal that that um that won us or got us the point. Uh, mm-hmm. and then even Leeds, I felt Leeds was actually one of his better performances recently and he and he scored. So that probably, yeah, I probably play.
2: played well Leeds.
0: But yeah, I think I think the solution from what I'm hearing from you both is Son is prone to, to dropping stinkers here and there. It's more about sort of who steps in for Son when he does drop his stinker. Have I got that right?
2: Yeah, and I think that's Lucas. I think it's Lucas over Bergerin, in my God, opinion. Look at this look at this. Elena,
0: man. You? <laughs> man, bro. If anyone's watching the YouTube, my, my palms are literally on my head. Like, Lucas <laughs> 2022, and I'm relying on that bonehead to come and beat <laughs> me. <him. laughs> Mate, all he does is just want, he just wants to run into people, man. That's yeah, a little,
2: he, is yeah. A bit, he is a bit of a kamikaze type of guy. He just wants to run. He's effective. he's effective. He bring. You can rely on him to put pressure on defenders. You can rely on that. He even, this though, run at
0: people. even this though, let me ask you this. When was the last... So, of all the games he's played for Spurs, when was the last time Lucas Moura actually played well? Lucas Moura... Like, when you say... By what I mean, 6.5. I'll, I'll even raise it down from 7. When was the last time... Lucas Moura started or come on as a substitute in a game, and he's putting a six point five out of ten performance as first.
2: Oh, you're putting me on a spot right now, my brother.
0: You
2: know trying to my brain. Like, whoa, whoa. What's, the, you, what's the I'm obvious
0: one? I'm telling you, this guy's a bonehead. All that's all that's in that all that's in that brain of his is choo choo trains, coys 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 coys, and that's it. He just wants to run and say coys. He doesn't score. He's not consistent. He's just. <laughs> let me not. Let me not slate him too much, man. It's fine. It's, listen, he's he's actually one of the better players in the team, which tells you everything you need to know. Mm. Scary, right? Scary. It is,
2: man. The depth's just not there right now. Yeah. There right now, but it's 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 annoying because a lot of these players come with a lot of hype around them, um, and they just don't live up to our expectations. And I think again, we need to point. Point fingers where it needs to be pointed at, and that's in the recruitment. Uh, it's in the board. Um, but I don't want to be one of these people that's like, oh, yeah, it's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault. We also need to put some onus on these players. Some of them are just not living up to their own potential. Facts. So, it is what it is.
0: Well said, well said, well said. Well said. There's po- Poor recruitment is one thing, but Lucas Moura was a £25 million signing. Um, yeah. That looked like good business, and he, yeah. he, he had one... One really good season for us and just disappeared. Mm. It's not on, man. It's not on. But anyway, guys, um it's been a really interesting discussion. Um, unfortunately, we have to speak about Spurs playing again because we are up against Everton on a Monday. And here's a here's a nice little fun fact for you, lads. We are we have not beaten Everton in our last four appearances. So last season we lost the opening fixture, one-nil at home to Everton. We went to their ground away from home when they were struggling with injuries Mm. uh, and we lost in the FA Cup 5-4. We lost in the FA Cup and then we drew 2-2 in the league game, a game we should have lost on chances. And then this season we drew 0-0. So we all know how bad Everton have been this season. They're literally fighting for relegation.
1: Saw them play last night against a non-league side. How was that? Non-league atmosphere is just absolute jokes, especially the way they were winding up Everton fans. That was pretty funny. But I'm just going to say that if Everton play exactly how they did with Boreham Wood against us come Monday, it's either going to be a nil-nil or we get a one-nil win. So you, you're you confident that... You... If Everton play like that, like how uh, on Monday, like they did last night, then that's easily winnable because it, it was a pretty sorry performance from Everton, even though they won two nil, but to like put that level of performance against a non-league side and let a non-league side see off your crosses and even defend better than they did in set pieces. Then, well, when there were set pieces, then yeah, I think that we could potentially get a win, but you never know. Mm.
0: So, teacher, I'm going to come to you on this then. So, obviously, yeah, Sam, yeah. Sam thinks he can get a win. So, like, in this game, are you expecting... What type of performance are you expecting from Spurs? Are you expecting a game where you feel like we can dominate the ball or do you think that it's going to be one of those, like, ugly sort of grind-out-a-result grind, grind out a result type type matches?
2: This is the thing, yeah. I think Spurs have become accustomed to playing one one style of football. And that's to Harry Kane to come in deep and for the wide players to, to to break the channels and for him to find a pass and to catch up with the play eventually if it goes wide. So counter-attacking football. Now, Everton, they're going to hold the ball. I can, I can generally see them keeping more of the ball than us. Um, they've got more depth in the midfield. They've got more creativity in the midfield. So I think they're going to try and play to their strengths and bop it about. Um, if they're clinical, then we could very much see a repeat of this Middlesbrough game. You know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of possession, a few moments where Spurs look dominant, but in the end, Everton run away with it because they they're, they're more clinical than us. I wonder if Deli Ali is going to play. Everyone knows how I feel about Deli Alli. If yeah, of course. Light skin tax. Everyone knows how I feel about my <laughs> Deli if he does, and he bangs, then what does that say about the Spurs system and the recruitment? You know, it just goes to show that we've got the players there, but we've just got not the people to to drive them to get them motivated to do their thing. So,
0: man, he ain't doing shit, man. We'll he see,
2: we'll see. Shit. I hope you're right, bro. I hope you're right. But right, the thing about shit. Spurs, yeah, whenever we need, whenever like a, a, a team needs a bit of luck, or whenever a team needs a bit of inspiration or a players down on their numbers and needs a a game to kickstart their career again. We'll be that team to give them that leeway, bro. We'll give them that, we'll be that, we'll be that whipping boy for them. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Realistically. Dr. Tottenham. That's the, that's the correct term. Yeah, that's
2: the correct term. That's the correct (laughs) term right there. Dr. Tottenham. But yeah, yeah, realistically, I think it, I don't, I don't think it will be a high scoring game. I think, um, you know, someone will be in 1-0 or 2-1 and I hope it's us, but it could very easily be a
0: Yeah. So let me tell you this Everton have one league win in their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Everton have one league win in their last seven games. The rest have all been losses. Yeah. But this Ever- is the thing. So I, I know, I know we can't the thing
2: is here. Yeah, that is a trend, a hundred percent fact. Yeah. We should with a record like that, we should we should really be on our job in it. But Spurs also have a trend of being the scapegoat for teams who are in those situations, in those predicaments. Exactly, that's why
0: think I'm mentioning it. <laughs> yeah, that's That's, that's, that's why I'm <laughs> mentioning it. That's exactly why I'm mentioning it because just when it looks like the wins tailor made for Spurs, wow. somehow we snatch we 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 snatch defeat from the from the jaws of victory. Oh. It's it's mental. It's absolutely mental. Um, Everton have not won a premier league game let me just make sure i have to so i have to put my binoculars on for this because this is a mad thing mm-hmm. everton have not won a premier league game yeah away from home since august oh they have not won a premier league game away from home since august and that was against brighton they won 2-0 on the 28th of august 2021 this team, that's how, bro. My maths is failing me in 9, 10, 11, 12. Bro, this team, many, they've, too many, too many. they've not won away from home in the league in like six months.
2: Yeah. In like six,
0: six plus months, they've not won away from home. This really should be three points for Spurs. It should be. There is no excuse whatsoever if Spurs leave anything, leave this ground with anything less than three points. And yet, and yet, and yet, there's something in your back of your mind that's telling you that's a genuine possibility.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's scary, bro. It's scary, fam. It's actually scary,
0: <laughs> Sam. Um, any last words on, on Everton before we end this? <laughs> before I get you, um, of
1: yeah, like you said earlier, Tot- uh, uh, Dr. Tottenham will see you now.
2: <laughs> 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 all right that might have to be the quote you know you might have to name that might be the name of the episode still yeah
0: man dr tottenham will see you yeah 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 um but even with this being said let me give you lots some good news as well so benton core is is back Back and available so i I imagine he will start against everton um teacher one for you as well lucas mora bonehead settings looks like he's back so he's probably gonna he's probably gonna be available to call upon um whether I doubt he'll start because I think Conte will persist with Kulisevsky Kane will. what do you think of that front three? Do you
2: think it's working? I think
0: it's good. I think it's good. Yeah. I think it's a good front three. I think it's, it, it works. It gives us the most balance. I think yeah. Kulisevsky, he's got a lot more technical quality than Bergwijn and and um Lucas, and Lucas Moura in a sense that he he doesn't really panic in possession. One so not everything is played at a million miles per hour like Lucas Moura. Um, he, can, he can retain the ball and he can actually find players. Um, yeah, and I think he just gives us really good balance. I think having a right winger who is actually playing on the right that can come in on his left left foot is is, mm. is really good. It's really good. We've not had that. Yeah, we've not had that since Gareth Bell maybe sort of operated uh, in that sort of number 10 or right sort of position in his final season for Spurs. So, um yeah i i like kulasevski i like kulasevski like yeah. i i think i think he's done i think he's done alright since he's come to spurs um so far so hopefully they can bang on monday hopefully they can bang on monday man um but yeah guys thank you for hopping on the pod um Boys. i'm going to ask you guys i'm going to ask you lot like, for your predictions uh, what are you expecting from monday scoreline wise
2: I'm going to go with 2-1 Spurs. I'm even going to name the Spurs goal scorers. Kulishevsky, and... Do you know what? Eric Dier, set piece.
0: free kick things or header?
2: He- header,
0: header, header, header. from oh, he <laughs> a corner. Wow. Okay, fair play, fair play.
1: <laughs> Sam? Um... Could be wrong here, but I think it's just gonna be a one-nil win for Spurs. It's probably gonna be a very dry and boring game, and then one one moment of magic, Kane scoring a goal, header from a set piece, I'd imagine. And that's about it, really. I can't really imagine any excitement for this game. Calm.
0: OK, um, I'm actually going to side with T-Chan. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win, but I think my scores are going to be different. I think Harry Kane will bag his customary goal against Everton. He's got a really good record against Everton um in the Premier League. And yeah, I'm going to go Kuliseski to get the second goal as well. Jeez. Screw it. Um, going for a 2-1 win. But guys, thank you for hopping on. It's been a really interesting chat. Um, I know it's not easy to talk about Spurs, but thank you <laughs> lot for, for, for taking out the time to do so. Um, for those who are still watching, for those who are still listening, make sure you subscribe to all the socials. Um, Touchline Fracker, New Spurs Order, Instagram, Twitter. Um, don't forget as well, Touchline Fives is there. As I said, Spurs need ballers. We need ballers. Our team in real life needs ballers. And our five-a-side team is no exception there. We need ballers. So <laughs> if this, if this is sounding like music to your ears, please DM us. DM us. Um, and, and we'll go from there uh, but thank you for tuning in folks um, have a great weekend and we'll speak it soon take care a, brilliant, goal.
2: Brilliant, 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 brilliant on debut Tongue Ongombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs Lucas Moura clips it. it Oh great goal Steven Bergwijn go. has arrived in North London as well as that, that is absolutely incredible on debut Oh yeah. Yeah. Sports Social Podcast Network.